You're listening to the Midwest Marketing Orange Hour podcast with your host, Brett Matice. Okay, to start things off, I will just have you introduce yourself instead of having me introduce yep. you to make sure that you, yep. you'll probably get everything right about yourself more yeah, than I will. It's pretty so. good. <laughs> I'm Dan Seffner, President and CEO of Destination Rapid City uh, Management Company for Main Street Square, downtown Rapid City. Awesome. So are you a Rapid City in through and through? Are you born and raised here? Or are you from South Dakota? Well, where, where do you call born home? Born and raised in South Dakota. For sure. Uh, near Mulberry, South Dakota. Moved oh. out here in 1974. Awesome. So I've got a little time here. Uh, been uh, working downtown Rapid City, working retail and so forth and so on. Literally since then, came out here to the vocational tech. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's how I started in Rapid City. Awesome. So right off the bat, let's just talk about what is Destination Rapid City? What is like your elevator pitch of that to someone well, who doesn't know? Destination Rapid City was formed uh, as a, I want to call it, support group, a development company, an economic development company for downtown Rapid City. We work the core of Rapid City from East Boulevard to West Boulevard, obviously, um, north to south, but our core and our vision was truly downtown. Many of us that were involved remember when we had the mall start, the urban sprawl came, downtown Rapid City was 40% vacant, 40 to 50% vacant. So half the things that were going on were gone. Everything went to the mall. So when we formed Destination Rapid City, that vision was to build a downtown again, to bring it back. And we had to come up with, how are we going to do this? What's our vision to bring downtown alive again? How are we going to do this? Many communities across the country, I know which we'll talk about later, had the same experience. Many, many had the same experience. So it was truly is, is bringing it back. There was a couple of us together said, okay, what do we do? How do we make this happen? And how do we make a change so our storefronts start to fill up again? So things, things start to move forward. We had a slow buildup. Uh, in the 90s, we had a slow growth. We had things going a little bit in the 2000s. But, you know, it, it was just, I want to call it a, as a plateau. Nothing really going on. Just a little still. But, you know, if you're standing still, you're moving backwards. Yep, so absolutely. Destination Rapid City was put together to move forward and to get things going in our downtown again. Awesome. So timeline, What? so we had, like you said, a vibrant downtown and then the mall came and things moved what is like year wise what's the timeline look of that like when was downtown really doing well and when did things start kind of fading and when did destination rapid city come in and start to revitalize well if you look at all the history downtown was doing very well in the 70s uh even in the early 80s when the mall opened in in 77 it made a change and there was a switch and then we drifted and we kind of got into a, a slow time a little bit of an economic drought, should I call it. Then we got more into the mid-80s, mid to late 80s. Things started to come back a little bit, uh, but again, it was at a level that was not really progressive. You had a new store opening here and there. You had a certain amount of people downtown, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I, I jokingly said many times there was a time in, in that era where you could drive a pickup in a horse trailer anywhere you wanted downtown, park it, put on the flashers, and no one would bother you. That's kind of how it was. So when we started to talk about how we're going to form uh, a downtown development group, it actually started in conjunction with the CVB, our Convention Visitors Bureau. And at that time, 
they hired uh, Roger Brooks. Roger Brooks was a downtown consultant. He worked all across the country, and they hired him to come and do a presentation. Now, I got to back up. We're 2020. We go back to 2010. That was about in 2005, right in that area. So after we got his report, we started reading through it, and it we liked some of it, some of it we didn't like, some of it was set up a little too aggressive for what we felt our community could do. Uh, we couldn't do a $20 million project. We were trying to do something a little more conservative that could work. <clears throat> so we started meeting a little bit more in 2006. And in 2006 and seven, I started actually touring the country. So I would go to different regions, different areas, and see what they were doing, whether it was Fort Collins, Flagstaff, Arizona, North Dakota, whatever they were doing to try to build back their downtowns, and even your major cities. Uh, I did definitely work out of Chicago, all kinds of different areas. I did that for over a year, but I always felt, and I, I talked to our group, when I came back, I said, I think I've got another piece to our puzzle, because one community would be doing one thing, another community would be doing another thing, one thing was working over here, one thing was working over there, but they weren't working them all together. So we just kind of took this puzzle and started to piece it together. And our, our, our actual board was formed in early 2008. That's when we formed our board. And that's when we started to say that a downtown gathering space was going to be the key to our access. And a gathering space that wasn't just for one type of person, it was for everyone. Our whole goal was what are we gonna do for the community and its visitor? We know we got our visitors. What are we going to do to bring them downtown and to keep them downtown, spend a night, go to a hotel, go to a restaurant, buy yourself dinner, and so forth and so on. How are we going to do that? How are we gonna bring this alive and bring it back? And uh, that's when we sat down uh, as a board and started to form the ideas of a downtown gathering space. Main Street Square was not invented overnight, I can tell you that. There was some time put into this thing. And uh, what do you name it? What do you do? Where do you put it? We also hired another consulting group, um, Fred Kent and Kathy Madden, that were uh, downtown development team. And uh, we brought them out and that's how we ended up with Main Street Square where it is, is we looked at several different sites. We obviously looked at the site on St. Joe Street, that corner, which seemed to be bigger than what we needed. And we, we ended up with Main Street Square on Main Street the way it is, is because we had a facility next to it that you could put a coffee shop, that you could put an ice cream store, that you could put different things in a restaurant, put different things in so the people visiting Main Street Square and relaxing at Main Street Square could go in and get that cappuccino if they wanted it, could go in and, and get something to eat if they wanted it. And that, that's really why that corner was such a draw. Now let's face it, that was a parking lot. Yep. You think we had pushback on a parking lot downtown? Exactly. Uh, we had 48 <laughs> parking spaces, plus one. So uh, that was a challenge to a, convince the retailer downtown that this plaza would bring more people downtown than they could imagine. 
And of course, City Hall owned it. So we had to figure out how are we going to negotiate this lot to get it through, to get it approved, to get a council to approve it, to get it moving so we could make a plaza there. Now again, at that time, the plaza was just, I want to call it a vision. Uh, we hired an architect to do a drawing. And uh, it's amazing because the, the architectural drawing of it is almost a twin to what it turned out to be. It, it really is very, very similar. Which is rare to, very to have rare. that happen. Very yes. rare. Uh, I could actually take a picture of Main Street Square today, and I still have all the drawings, and a picture of the drawings, and I would tell you it's within 15 to 20% of everything that was laid out. We didn't make a lot of changes. So there was a lot of things that pulled that thing together to make it a vibrant, and, and as you know, as we go back in time, not everybody thought it was a good idea. Um, we formed a business improvement district. This was in 2008, when the economy was in a little bit of a slump. Uh, that wasn't easy either. Uh, we went door to door to get this business improvement district because the bid district helps fund the operation of Main Street Square. We have to keep in mind that we went back saying that we were going to do this plaza with no city funding. We, did, we wanted no money from your taxes, from the taxpayer. We didn't want that. We wanted this to be privately run, privately held, and it is a nonprofit 501c3. So everything that evolves from it goes back into it. So in 2008, when we got working through this and getting this bid formed, uh, it got pushed to vote. So now we had another uphill battle mm -hmm. because again, not everybody thought this was a good idea. We actually went door to door in the downtown core and we had 66% of all of the properties and businesses signed in favor of doing it. That took a little work, that took another six months. So it took a little time to put that together. And then we got it approved at council and they went to move forward to it. And then the folks that were against it pushed it to a citywide vote. So then we went uh, to the voting sector and I believe that was in like the month of June. I remember it got warm doing a little door-to-door -door campaigning. <laughs> I felt like a politician. And uh, uh, once again, we had about after the vote, to get it done, we had 60% approval. Uh, so it's not like it was a swing major vote or a major win, but it was 60% approval. And uh, then we started with the architects in 2000, early 2009, late 2008, and uh, started construction in 2009. That's awesome. when we started the construction of the of Main Street Square. For sure, I know you said it's you know sixty to forty percent approval, but it's one of those things where I think now if you ask people, it's kind of an overwhelmingly like, yeah, we got it right on that you one. We did the be right thing. Ninety eight percent approval. Exactly, right? like I, everyone you I, talk to is, is I, a huge fan. I think fan. if you closed it down, people would rebel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I still have people, and being in on the ground floor and starting in, in, at the very beginning. Yesterday, this was just yesterday, I had someone stop me on the street and say, you know, Dan, I thought that was the craziest idea I've ever heard of. And it turned out to be the very best thing for Rapid City I've ever seen. This is a gentleman who's lived here all of his life. Exactly. It's, so I still hear it. 
Yeah. No, Ten I, years later. Yeah, it's a, it's a home run idea. It's a great spot. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the things that Destination Rapid City does or Main Street Square does that some people would be like, oh, I had no idea they had their fingers in that. I had no idea that that was them doing that because you're involved in so much stuff. <laughs> we are. Let's go back to some of the simple things. Um, we wanted a very clean downtown. Our mission was a clean downtown where the visitor can come down and go like, wow, we could live here. We really like it here. Um, we actually started, if you look at the recycling containers downtown and the garbage containers downtown, and these might seem like little things to people, we started the recycling program and Destination Rapid City bought all the new containers, 88 of them, of the blue recycling and 88 of the garbage containers. We purchased all of those. Uh, people would never think, they just thought the city bought them and that's where they came from. That isn't true. We bought them as our group as Destination Rapid City. And then I got with the city about the recycling program. We hired someone that we actually pick up all the recycling in downtown. So imagine the cans, the cups, the bottles that we literally do in a week. It's unbelievable. A clean downtown. So Destination Rapid City says, you know what? We want people to come down here and we want them to know that this is where they want to be and they're comfortable with being here to visit. We put all the cigarette butt holders up, all of them that you see, whether it's in front of the bar, whether it's in front of a hotel, we put them up. Our staff dumps them once a week and cleans them out. So, so again, getting back to a pristine city is a big deal. Now let's move to another huge step after Main Street Square, the Memorial Park Promenade. Now, the Memorial Park Promenade was not done by the city of Rapid City. If we go back, and of course I'm dating myself, I've been here a long time, when you crossed Omaha Street, you would cross mid-block, and you would cross the street into the park, into the grass. Now, the arena, uh, obviously we're building a new one, but the arena is an eight-minute walk from downtown, and there, there was no real walking space. Where are you going to go? So you'd walk into the grass, then you'd find a path, because people, I was going to, a little bit are like tradition, is they're following a path. They're following a path. Now you got a dirt path to follow to go from downtown to the Civic Center, uh, to a rush game, whatever it might be. So our group got together and uh, came up with the design of the Memorial Park Promenade. And the honors to our veterans is also along Memorial Park Promenade. And that was in an area that was very hard to find. You really never saw it. Now it's right along the pathway. And, and it's an honor to our veterans and our military men and women. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And our group did that one also. Oh, awesome. So let's go back to crossing Omaha Street. By City Hall, you will see a crosswalk. That crosswalk crosses Omaha, and it's a comfortable crosswalk. You can push a button. There's a medium in the middle. If you can't get all the way across, it's 30 seconds to walk across, but you can stop in the middle. That whole crosswalk was funded by Destination Rapid City. We raised the funding. We worked the Department of Transportation so we could fund the new crosswalk so you could go 
straight from 6th Street, clear to the promenade, to the arena, where, where things are going on, when things are happening at the Civic Center. So that was all, once again, funded by Destination Rapid City. We went through the hoops. We went through the legal hoops. We went through Department of Transportation. We went through all the things to make sure that that could be a safe crossing from downtown, from the 6th Street corridor, wherever you are downtown, clear to the Civic Center. It's well lit. Uh, it's taken care of. There's benches. It's clean. It's monitored. And it's a comfortable walk from downtown. That, that to me, just made a tremendous impact on what we were doing with Destination Rapid City. How are we going to do this? How are we going to shuffle these people? Remember, Main Street Square is a community development project. We want people to use it. Now we want them to come down, have dinner, and walk to, whether it's a hockey game or whether it's an event, whether it's a car show, no matter what it is, uh, at the Civic Center, an economic engine. If I'm parking downtown, let's take, let's take a city. I mean, you go to a major city, you go to Denver, you're going to walk for two miles to mm -hmm. get somewhere. But, but it's not a big deal to you because it's a comfortable walk. That's the ticket, is to make the walk a comfortable walk from downtown to the arena, to the facility, to whatever is going on there. And not knowing at the time that we'd have a new arena being built, had no clue. Now we got a new arena being built. It becomes even more impactive than it was then. So now it's even made more of a difference. Yep, I agree. And for anyone who's walked that, it's that you called it a corridor and just making that easy for people. And it's just, you know, it's nice. You get to see the view of the, the Civic Center, the logo on yep. the front. I mean, it's just, it's, yep. a, it's a great thing. And like I said, before we started talking here, I had no idea that Destination Rap City was behind that project. People too. wouldn't know. Yeah. There's so, no way they would know. For sure. Then, you, we, then we, after we built the promenade, we did one more thing. Oh, yeah. Lay it on me. Playground. Oh, awesome. That playground is also a Destination Rapid City project. That playground was designed by a company in Minnesota. Uh -huh. um, I can tell you what I knew about designing a playground was nothing, uh, but we found the right company that did, and we worked with a local firm here who actually steered us in their direction, and we teamed up uh, with a local firm to figure out what to do and how to do it, and uh, we spent time with, with this company in Minnesota to design a unique playground, educational playground, something, again, for everyone. Uh, not just a swing set and a slide, more things to do. There's the, the uh, area there where you pick out the animals and you pick out what they are from the squirrels to the fish to all these different things. So we, we wanted an educational playground. And uh, uh, not everybody thought that was a brilliant idea either. <laughs> but today, uh, I would easily say, it's the heaviest used playground in our community. There is more kids there every single day than, than you can imagine. Once again, there's a lot of space. Uh, it's a full acre and a half. There's a lot of space. Rapid Creek is close by. Um, there's a chess table. There's sitting areas. There's all of the things, again, that make the community a place where people want to be. The community and it's a visitor. So you're, you can be shopping downtown this afternoon, and in five minutes, you're at the playground. 10 minutes max. There's water spigots there, there's everything you need. Uh, there's restrooms, we put the restrooms in too. They weren't there either. So there was a lot of thought 
that went into this marketing, this design, this plan. Um, some of this was done by philanthropical people who were very much involved. So there was a, there was a lot of pieces once again to the puzzle to bring the whole thing together. But yeah, these these are things that the community would go like, well, when did the city build this or when did the city build that? I'm not condemning the city, believe yes, me. Yes, absolutely. They've got their hands full on a lot of things that they're doing. And uh, but this was a push. This was we don't want to be on a level ground. We don't want to be a 5 or a 6. We want to be a 9 or a 10. So this was a push to move it to a whole another level. And that's the way that that's the way that came about is bringing that. So we started A with the parking lot. We started uh, B forming a group. C we started with the bid funds. D we started with the building of Main Street Square. This is kind of hall E the promenade. F the playground. Uh, all of these things started from zero, totally from zero. They started from scratch, a pen and paper, yeah, no, and just penciling it out. Absolutely out. wonderful, and, and really a, a story of perseverance by you guys, which is which is awesome. Yeah, it uh, is. You mentioned that, obviously, we try to recruit businesses to come downtown. Yep. And how do you, as Destination Rapid City and your team, how do you show businesses what value that downtown provides them as a storefront or a location for them to set up shop? The biggest thing you can do is, um, and, and someone's going to say, well, we have some empty storefronts. We've had them before, whatever. The biggest thing you can do is bring people down. Events bring people down. When you bring people down, um, we, we averaged the last several years Actually, since we started, when I had interns working the area and so forth and so on, we figured we averaged four to 500,000 people a year coming downtown. Now, when you do that, they're not just going to go to one area. No one does. They're going to come to Main Street Square and see it. Then they're going to go across the street. Then they're going to go up the street. Then they're going to stop and maybe have a beer. Then they're going to stop and maybe have a cup of coffee. So once you start to bring numbers... Numbers change the game. It's at. Numbers are at. Once you start to bring numbers, it starts to change the way your community functions. And, you know, you, you hear from time to time, well, we got an empty building here or an empty storefront here or there. A lot of times what that is is an invitation to new talent. It's an invitation to someone else who's going like, hey, we've been looking for a place downtown Rapid City. I see a place we can maybe rent and get started. A lot of times that's an invitation for someone else to come in with maybe a fresh idea, with maybe something unique, with maybe something you've never thought about. And, and that's what you start to see. That's exactly what you start to see. So that makes the push for the difference of what's going on. Absolutely. So how do you ensure, and maybe there's no process for this, but how do you ensure that the shops and businesses that are coming into downtown also provide a useful service or a useful place to be for, you know, our citizens or tourists who are visiting the area as well, you know, as that kind of goes both ways. We formed uh, a downtown business group. Uh, we have roughly 180 members now in a downtown business group. So we do uh, email blasts or we do once a month or once every other week. Here's what's going on. Here's what we're doing downtown. Here's the next steps. Here's what you can do to improve your business. Here's where you go, and here's how you grow. So we constantly keep in contact 
with, with all the members in our downtown core to try to keep them, let me just say, on track. Try to keep them on track, you know, because every one of us, I, and I'm no different than anyone else, can get complacent about, oh, you know, I just don't feel like doing that, or I'm not sure about doing that today, or maybe we should do that next week. We try to get people to, to uh, react and react to what they're doing. The best thing you can do for the community and for its visitor, let's go back. And uh, uh, I saw an ad when I was traveling, and this kind of hit home. This wasn't very long ago. Uh, there's nothing like a mom and pop shop. There's nothing like a small organization. And this happened to be, it wasn't in Rapid City. This happened to be another area that I was in where it said, when is the last time you spoke with the owner of a big box store? Ha! Exactly. <laughs> you, yeah. Spot you on, right? never <laughs> have. And I looked at that and I went, now that, yeah, I'm going to call the owner of a big box store. No, I'm not. I'll be lucky to get a manager. I'll be lucky to talk to anybody. So the, the beauty is you take the, the smaller store, the smaller organization, you walk in the door, and it's how can I help you? What can I show you? There's the difference. You sometimes go into a big box, and you walk around a half an hour, can't even find what you're looking for. It's that simple. And let's face it, today, a lot of us are probably in a hurry. We're at work. We got a half an hour. We got 45 minutes. We got to get back. And we're going like, all right, I know I can walk over there and get it in 10 minutes and be done and go back to my job or whatever I'm doing. So that convenience of the small store organization, the small restaurant, the smaller spot gives you the service that we all are looking for. And I think it's a service that got lost uh, at a time. And maybe when all the different malls and all the different things took over and all of that happened, but I think that's really coming back. I know it's coming back because we see a lot of people on the street. Uh, we've got our ambassadors on the street downtown uh, that are on the street all summer long, talking to people from every state in the United States. No question about it. Giving them the downtown magazine, which we do also, showing them different areas that they can eat. Here's a magazine, here's 15 different restaurants, here's five different coffee shops, whatever it might be. And just, by inviting them to be a personal, personal approach. Personal approach is what we want. We want that everywhere we go. So we started the ambassador program last year and we brought it back again this year and we'll bring it back again next year. It's been a great program. Absolutely. Really, we teamed up with the city on that one and it's worked out very well. Awesome. So uh, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, I am not from Rapid City. I'm not even from South Dakota. I'm a Minnesota kid through and through, but I moved out here. I've been out here for three years now, and I love Rapid City for a numerous amount of reasons. But one thing that's really cool, and I'll use restaurants as kind of my vehicle for this, is I can't remember the last time that I've eaten at a chain restaurant that you can find everywhere <laughs> all over the United States because we that's have right. the options to that's eat right. at local eateries, local yeah. restaurants, local you know, brewing companies. It's just, they're here and they're so, so good. It's like, you're not, you're gaining quality and you're eating at unique places. And of course this goes for a variety of different industries across Rapid City, but restaurants is one thing I noticed daily where I'm, you know, 
going as like, oh, I love eating at the firehouse or going yeah. to Tally's or, you know, whatever it may be. It's one thing that I've always thought was very cool. Yeah. Once and once again, we get that one-on-one approach. Exactly. And we get waited on and we get taken care of and uh, uh, we get to know them quickly. doesn't take very long. Uh, you get to know them quickly and you get to know your favorite things and your favorite places. And, and again, it doesn't take long when you've got these little niche places whether it's my favorite coffee shop, which I favor, and whether it's that, it's like it's a daily thing. It's just what it is. And you walk in the door and they go, hey, Dan, uh, you want your usual? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it's, it's what that's about. Yeah. So that's we're the gonna, beauty of it. Yeah, we're going to take a little break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the things that we got going on coming up here at Main Street Square in downtown Rapid City. Hey guys and gals, it's Brett Matice, the host of the Midwest Marketing Podcast. I need you to do me a favor really, really quick. I promise you it won't take long. However you're listening to this here podcast, go on to iTunes, Stitcher, maybe you're just on our website, whatever it is, go give us a five-star rating. See those stars? There's going to be five of them. Just go to the one furthest on the right-hand side, click that one. Maybe write a few quick nice words about us. Unless you don't like us very much, then don't write anything at all. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Let's get back to listening. Alrighty, well, we would be totally remiss not to touch on what's going on with the current pandemic uh, right now. Obviously, um, in a lot of people's eyes and in my eyes too, live entertainment has taken maybe a harder hit than, than some other industries around. Um, obviously, Main Street Square puts on a lot of events, and, and that's definitely a big driver. How have you guys been dealing with coronavirus and, and all the changes that have come about here in the last several months? Well, I think that you take a look at that and let's just face it, you can't run away because there's nowhere to go. Um, so you got to take that head on. You really do. Uh, I think one of the biggest decisions I had to make early on when the virus was coming out and all these things were happening, when the city decided not to open any of the swimming pools. Whoa. Okay, we've got all these kids. Now they're not in school either. We got all this going on, and all of a sudden the city closed down the pools. So now I'm sitting at Main Street Square with a possible fountain. And I know how many kids, if you looked at it this minute, you'd probably see 40 kids running through it. And uh, I thought to myself, okay, what do we do now? How do we take care of this now? We built this for the community and the families. Now. The beautiful part is we're an outdoor venue. We're not in a building. So we started to discuss with the city our plans to move forward to turn the fountains on. So then we worked with the chemical company here and said, okay, how do we make sure that we're as virus-free as possible? What do we do? There is actually... a uh, product out there that we treated the turf with and it dissipates in 10 minutes i mean we've done everything we wash the tables we clean the fountain we work with it on a daily basis so when we decided to turn it on i thought okay there's some risk involved here not everybody's gonna think this is a good idea um but we made sure to cover our base with everything that was involved in doing it. And you know what? It's been one of the biggest hits for the summer you can imagine. Putting into text, all ages. So last week, 
I'm walking out in front of the fountain on the sidewalk. There is a gentleman, um, 80 years old, 78 years old, with his chair, brought his own chair, sitting on the sidewalk watching the kids play in the fountain. And uh, when I walked by and I, I looked at him and I stopped and I said, well, are you enjoying your day? He said, that's why I'm here. I'm watching these kids have fun. You know, these this older generation, this COVID thing has been really tough on them. Very, very much so. Very difficult. He came out of the open space. He said, Dan, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I'm having a wonderful time today. That alone was worth a fortune to this person. And that means there's other people in the community been doing the same thing. So the fountain has been... Uh, something that we maintain very well. We take care of everything. Uh, we're maintaining everything very well. We close it on Mondays for a complete overhaul. So we drain everything. We clean everything. Even though it's recycled and treated water, we drain it. We clean it. We change all the filters. We do it all. So we take a Monday and we just take care of everything and make sure that it's all okay. Absolutely. So far we've been, and, and, and I would say literally 100% right on with all the testing and everything that needs to be done. So I applaud the staff for doing that. I mean, these guys are watching it really close and taking care of it. So when you can have thousands of kids over the course of a whole summer come and play through that fountain and enjoy it, uh, there's nothing could be better. Absolutely. And again, we monitor it. We don't get overrun. We monitor it because people will come down for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Kids are tired. They take them home. Now you got another shift coming through. So that just happens by itself. It's kind of an automatic thing. And it's worked out it's worked out better than I actually thought it could. So we're we're very pleased to have done that. We will run them through Labor Day. Obviously, uh, every year we turn them off right after Labor Day. Then we get ready for ice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then we get ready for ice. Don't take very long around here. No, absolutely not. That's for no. sure. So uh, for those that don't know, Dan, uh, you used to own a piano store uh, in town here. So as a business owner, and obviously business owners are going through a lot with all the changes, do you have like a golden nugget of, of advice or wisdom to give business owners that may be listening to this? You know, I was in, in retail and in business for nearly 30 years of my life. And uh, I would give one golden rule. Stay positive. Stay focused. Stay focused. Don't lose track of your company and your business. You know, you hear many things. Sometimes maybe we watch too much news or whatever it might be. However, uh, my statement is this. There are shoppers out there. There are always people with money out there, more than we ever think. There are people and businesses during the pandemic that are making more money than they ever have there's always that out there that if you keep your focus and if you keep marketing your product and if you stay with your company, yes, you might spend 60 hours a week there, but you know what? You'll survive it. You will make it happen. When, when uh, I was in the music business, when the Rushmore Mall opened in 1977, I just thought, guess what? We got to figure out what we're going to do and how to make it work. The trick was to keep your staff focused, to keep your people focused, and to keep your customer appreciation to its highest level. When that customer walks in the door, put them on a pedestal. They're your customer. 
And you know what? Once you do that, they'll not just be your customer one time. They're going to be your customer again and again and again. It's not to lose focus, and it's to keep your attitude, to keep, keep your smile on your face. Don't listen to the negativity around you. That's easy to do. Somebody's complaining up the street. Somebody's complaining over there, complaining over there. Go back to your store and run it. Run your business and take care of your business. And guess what? It will take care of you. And that's how it works. Yeah, Great advice. Unbelievable advice. Uh, transitioning back into Main Street Square a little bit. Uh, events around the country are starting to happen a little bit again, or people are finding ways uh, to make them happen safely. What can we look forward to at Main Street Square? Do we have anything you know, well, coming up here that, that we can attend? We have shifted things a little more into fall. And uh, this Saturday, we have Love Square. It's a wedding uh, expo that we've done the last four or five years uh, where brides can come, visit with different vendors and so forth. There's different dresses to view. There's different things going on. So that's this Saturday. So we're gearing back up. I just had a great meeting uh, with the police department because we team up with them to do the downtown car show, cruiser car show. That will be coming October 3rd. Then we've got the great downtown pumpkin festival, September Which 26th. I got a pumpkin in my garden that I might have to bring down. There you go. It is just a monster. We've got the pumpkin way off. You, you know, you need a pretty big pumpkin to win this. Oh, I'm, I'm well aware. Last year it was over 800 pounds. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that caliber we had to We have to lift it with a payloader. It's pretty interesting. And uh, so the Cruiser Car Show is coming up. We're obviously having our beer event called Beer Boris for the fall, like Oktoberfest. Scare in the Square for the kids. Uh, we got a Veterans Day ceremony coming up in November. So, you know, we're moving forward and doing things. We just had the uh, Women's Rights they just celebrated their 100th anniversary of the voting. Uh, they just did that at Main Street Square last week. Uh, there was 100 ladies showed up. Uh, it was a wonderful event. So there, there's things that will keep coming and keep happening. We did, I had a company here in town, speaking of COVID, and I don't want to dwell on it at all. Just want to be prepared. We did an overall view of Main Street Square of how many people we could have in the square at one time, using the sidewalks, using Main Street Square, using the alley, and so forth and so on, and still be COVID-19 appliance. It was over 500. Yeah, that's a large event. It's a large event. Yep. We rarely have that. Mm -hmm. Two, three, four hundred is our max. But we did the full survey. I had an engineering company here in town do the breakdown to make sure that we wouldn't make a mistake. That's one thing we didn't want to do. So you know what? It's working. And we're doing these events this fall and it's happening. Yeah. And it's starting exciting. Saturday. Yeah. Great events too. Yeah. yeah. I was I think I went to Beer Bros last year. And well, that's a, fun. It's a ton of fun. It's yeah, a, ton a ton of, of fun. fun. Ton of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it is. And uh, we've got another group in uh, September, later September, for our golden hour. It's a Friday night. And we've got a band playing and so forth and so on. And uh, we're just opening it back up. Again, we're an outdoor venue. And the best thing you can do, whether it's whatever we're dealing with now in the country, whatever we've got, move forward, do the right thing, cover your bases, make sure your staff is ready, make sure they're available, and just do the right thing. Yep, I That's agree. That's what it is. I agree 100%. So we've talked about this a little on air and when we were off the air here, but 
downtowns in South Dakota and nationwide seem to be struggling. However, we're not at all. They were the exact opposite. We're a thriving downtown. As a matter of fact, my dad, who still lives in Minnesota, every time he comes here, he makes a comment when we come down. He's like, this is so cool. I think that's the same. You know, this is so cool. Every time we're downtown. How did we make, like, we talked about how we made it, and you do consulting work for other downtowns to kind of develop their own Main Street Square concept. Can you touch on how that came about? Did they contact you? Did you contact them? Uh, How does that work? That happened by itself. They started to follow Rapid City. People were starting to see it online. Tourists, our visitor was coming from Minnesota or from Iowa or from Idaho, and all of a sudden they're walking around going like, wait a minute. We have a downtown. How come it's not like this? What's going on here? So this evolved. All of a sudden, my phone rang, and they're going like, well, Dan, we'd like you to come to our community to help us develop our downtown. And uh, that's where it began. And one of my first visits was in Yakima, Washington. Um, One of my biggest challenges uh, was in Idaho. And uh, it was a community that was very run down and it was it needed a lot of help and a community that I spent quite a bit of time in that opened up a plaza called Indian Creek Plaza which has completely conformed their town they're only a town of 36 38,000 and it took their downtown from a, a dimsel downtown that you would wouldn't even go there to light up it lit it up I mean, literally lit it up. They redid lighting and everything. And they have really done a lot with it. So, I, you know, I've worked in a lot of different areas. Um, Montgomery County, Tennessee, Fargo, North Dakota, they're in construction right now. Um, Casper, Wyoming, David Street Station, it's open and running. Fargo should open up this uh, fall or next spring. Uh, so there's a lot of good things that are, that are happening in these areas that are making the difference. Springfield, Illinois is another one. These are all communities, population of ours or less. Uh, they're not a million people. They're 50,000, they're 70,000, they're 80,000, they're 35,000. And they're struggling because the bigger markets took their population away. And uh, you take a look at this, you need to build, you need to design, and you need to have a gathering space in your community that is event-driven. Some areas that I've worked in said, well, we already have a park. I had to convince the mayor in Tennessee you don't have a park. You have a place for people to hang and a people to throw the Frisbee. Yes, you have, but you don't have an event-driven area. We've averaged 150 events a year at Main Street Square. People can go to it. People go there. I've had people from different walks of life say, well, you know, Dan, we just quit looking at your website because we just come down because there's always something to do, period. We just come. We just know there's going to be action. So that's the image you got to have in your community. Why are we vibrant? We're vibrant because we didn't stop. We're vibrant because we kept moving. We're vibrant because we're going. And the communities that are suffering and, and, and whatever it is in their leaders or whatever in their community have just stopped. You can't stop. You have to keep progressing. I mean, that is your key point, is keep progressing. Everybody's afraid of this and afraid of that and afraid of this. You know what? I'm afraid of one thing. If we do nothing, nothing will happen. That's the way it works. 
So we keep working with our community. We keep working with our city. We keep working with our, our leaders in the community. We keep working with small business. We keep pushing to promote and move forward. And, and again, as I said earlier, negativism can come anywhere. Ignore it. Stay away from it. You don't need to go there because you can be the positive side of it and it will uplift you and you will be the one who, who comes out a winner. And that's what it boils down to. Doing these things is not easy. It's a risk, but you know what? Getting up in the morning is a risk. It's a risk. So, so, so literally, turn the cheek and don't listen to the negativity. Sometimes I don't turn on the TV for three days because I don't want to hear some of this. I'll pull out bits and pieces just to know what's going on in the country and in the world because I work in other communities and I want to know. But when I go to another community, I will go in a day or two ahead of time before I even meet with their mayor or their council or their economic development group. I'll go in a couple days ahead of time and talk to the people in their businesses and on the street. They have no clue who I am. None. I can tell you in no time the ones that are positive and the ones that aren't and the ones who will get involved and the ones who won't. That's what it boils down to. Learning the community, learning the people in your community, and, and moving forward in a positive, progressive manner. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you talked about how we do keep moving forward. You said you've been here since you're 19 years old. Yeah. What are the biggest changes, whether it be with downtown Rapid City or just Rapid City as a whole, that you've noticed in your time here? What's the, you know, more people, of course. Well, but... more people, of course, <laughs> but, but uh, slow growth, uh, n- not an oil boom growth. So you see your percentage going up here and your percentage going up there, and you see things starting to move forward. And what we're starting to really see more, uh, and I got another meeting tomorrow morning, is downtown living. Now, when I moved here, there was no downtown living. There, there was no luxury lofts. There was no downtown buildings. There was no really even decent apartments. Uh, that's changing. Downtown living is gonna be a boom in the next five years. We're going to see more things going on downtown with people living downtown, moving downtown. Uh, uh, and, it's, and again, it's every age of life. Uh, you've got your snowbirds that maybe go south, but they want to spend the summer in Rapid City. You know, they want to be home. So we're starting to see more of that. They want to walk down to their coffee shop. They want to do more and more different things. I would say in, in to, to fast forward, and I don't even think it'll take that long, in the next five years, you will see a transformation in downtown living. Tremendous. It's going to be big. It's going to be a big change. Interesting. It's going to be another boost for our downtown and our whole community. You're going to see it. It's, awesome. it's coming. It's on, the, it's, on the, it's on the drawing board. No. It, it literally is on the drawing board. And again, the new arena stimulated some of that too, and Main Street Square stimulated that. Yeah, very, very All cool. of that comes together. That'll be really interesting to see as that comes together here in the yep. next several years. You're going to see it in the next three to five years. You'll start to see a big change. Awesome. Well, We've I worked suppose, with a lot of companies. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, I suppose before we sign off here, I'd love to give you like a last-minute thought or, or anything we didn't touch on that you really want to you know, make sure that we get out to the people. Is there anything that you would like to share? You know, the only thing, again, that, that I would share, and we have reiterated it, is uh, the positivity of where you live. Uh, um, the growth of where you live, the slow growth of where you live, and to keep your focus on what you've got and what you're doing. 
and uh, pay attention to the people around you and the things around you. And, and that I, I can't stress enough because it'll change, it'll change your environment and it'll change the people you got and the people you know. If you're positive with the people you know, they'll be positive with you. Yeah, 100%. I guess my closing thought would be if you're a Rapid Cityan, uh, definitely stop down for an event. If you've never been to an Please. event at Main Street Square, if you're a tourist coming from, from wherever, make sure if next time you're cruising to Mount Rushmore, stop by Rapid City, hang out, let your kids play in the fountains. I mean, it's an awesome spot, just like my dad said. It's just so cool. Yep, it's a um, great place to be. Exactly. Great Other place that, to live. Other than that, thank you, Dan. I appreciate you coming on and, and talking with me, and thanks for listening. You're welcome very much.